Thank you for joining the Dark Light Podcast. Here at the Dark Light Podcast, you will find information about the absolute truth. Hang on tight as we go to discover the light in the darkness. Leviticus 18 verses 1 through 30. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt, where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. To try and explain the situation that we now find ourselves in within modern society, within modern Western society, within the so-called Judeo-Christian society of America, of the United States of America. It is very difficult to unwind the situation that we find ourselves in today. How it all started, how it morphed into the system, the ideology, the social mores that we now consider normal, state-of-the-art, acceptable, legal. All of these parameters are complex and very detailed, nuanced ideas which come to us in bits and pieces depending on the perspective of the individual discussing the topic itself. So, in an attempt to clarify 
the subject at hand, and yet at the same time not become bogged down in minutia, even though it is there that we find the actual truth. Let me make some statements which may or may not be understood by anyone who has never actually taken the time to read and study the subject at hand. LGBTQ plus is a subject which is on one hand completely taboo and is spoken of in hushed tones in the shadows in a subculture which in recent times has become a more prominent cultural phenomena with a loud political voice, a political agenda, and using the court system in the United States has altered and changed the course of so-called Judeo-Christian ethics and legal standing within not only society at large, but within the Christian community. It is common today to hear so-called religious right individuals who on one hand outright condemn such things as homosexuality and lesbianism and the queer lifestyle and yet at the same time the same talking head conservative right wing evangelical based Christian groups and podcasts and people on the internet with videos and they all claim one voice that it doesn't matter whether or not you're gay or straight they don't care about that because they want to appear inclusive so they said we don't care about that and in the same breath they say but we believe that gay marriage is 
a step too far. Or they say that we don't accept the so-called gay lifestyle if it's extended out into society. If you keep it private in your house with your door locked, your windows shuttered, that's fine. But don't try and push it into the social framework. And this is the stance of most evangelical fundamentalist Christians. As we see the tide of the political, legal system changing, especially in the last few years, and these changes have given accommodation and rise to a new alternative social framework which is more inclusive of individuals who in the past had not only been sidelined but they had been ostracized to the point that in many cases they were viewed as mentally unstable, criminally insane individuals. The DSM, the official medical terminology book, which identifies, categorizes, and gives a sequential number to diagnoses and medical treatments used to list homosexuality as a mental disorder. That may sound like something from the Dark Ages. But that was less than 30 years ago. It is very important to understand the framework of how we became Americans. The rest of the world looks to America as the standard for legal and social justice. The phrase social justice today has been morphed and has been hijacked by the far left, by the radicals, by the crazies. And so the term has taken on a new identity 
it's almost like the Black Panther Party. There was the original Black Panther Party, which in their own writings, in their own statements, they wanted equality for all people. They just happened to be black. Nowadays, in the modern, updated Black Panther movement, organization, the trend is to only support black lives and black lives issues. They're not interested in equality for all people. They're only interested in moving forward on equality and interests which are specifically oriented to the black culture in America. So let's be clear, terminologies change over time, they morph, they become something other than what they originally started out to be. Like any language system, words have the ability to change over time, to morph into other things, other meanings, other nuances, colloquialisms. So when we say that the LGBTQ plus movement somehow has a stable foundation within the United States Constitution as a right, as the resident Joe Biden sometimes tries to say, nothing could be further from the truth. Leviticus 18, 23. And you shall not lie with any animal and so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal to lie with it. It is perversion. When the serpent in the Garden of Eden tempted Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the serpent started to question logic 
by saying to Eve, Hath God not said? And when the serpent asked this question, he wasn't asking the question to solidify or verify or fact check God. He was asking the question in a sort of reverse way, a reverse logic, to get Eve to question the authority of God himself. Hath God not said? And when the serpent continued to speak, he coded the very words of God himself. And Eve agreed with the serpent. But then she added a few words to the statement of God. And we will find in many places in the Bible where the writers of the Bible are admonished not to add or to take away from the words of God himself. And if they do this, the plagues which God will send on the world will be sent to them. The Bible is clear. You are not to twist the words of God and make them mean something other than what God actually said and meant by the words he used to convey an idea. So when the serpent said to Eve, hath God not said that in the day you eat of the fruit of this tree ye shall surely die. Eve responded and said, oh yes, he said that. And even said, if we touch it, we'll die. But God had never said that. And so the serpent placed a question mark in the mind of Eve because he was touching the fruit. And not only was he touching the fruit, he was eating the fruit. And then the serpent said the first lie. Ye shall not surely die. But God knows in the day that you eat of the fruit, ye shall become as gods, knowing both good and evil. So in this discourse, in this conversation between Eve and the serpent in the Garden of Eden, we see how the seeds of change are planted. First, you start out with the truth, and then you 
add or subtract from the truth. Tweak it, twist it, fact check it. Make it something not quite like it originally was stated. And then you jump off of that into a complete lie. Like the news media. They now are entertainment. They're not actually factual news. It's not actually what's going on. It's entertainment. And they are protected by law. Because the president, President Obama specifically, changed the law so that you could legally lie while on TV giving the news. As absurd as that sounds, it is the absolute truth. So never think that what you see coming out of the talking heads on television is actually true. Because it's not. It first starts out as a fact, and then something is added, or something is deleted. Something is tweaked, and then they just out and out lie to you about whatever it is they're talking about. It's the same tactic that the serpent used in the Garden of Eden. If you take the logo of CNN and turn it on its side, turn it on its head, you will see that it is nothing more than the symbol of a wound up viper, a snake. The subliminal effect of logos of news media propaganda, of the talking heads just out and out lying to you about the facts and then saying, oh, we had facts checkers, check it. And they said it was okay, so I guess it's okay for us to lie to you because the fact checkers said so. That's the absurdity of the world in which we live today. We must be very clear when we begin to try and understand something as complex as the LGBTQ plus movement. The social ramifications of altering the Judeo-Christian foundation of the United States Constitution is profound. And we must take seriously the attempts of individuals, even on the Supreme Court, to alter, amend, and change 
the understanding of the United States Constitution itself. We oftentimes view things like marriage and divorce, but specifically marriage, as a religious institution, a Christian religious institution. Even though marriage, legal marriage, occurs in lots of cultures under lots of different legal parameters which don't necessarily coincide or adhere to the Western legal marriage requirements. So we must understand that in an attempt to legalize the LGBTQ plus movement, marriage, legal marriage under the United States Constitution was and is the goal, the primary goal of all of these individuals within the LGBTQ plus movement because it legalizes and solidifies within the legal system their understanding of not only unions, legal unions, but marriage itself. The fact that marriage is viewed in Western society as a religious position, a religious identity, a religious right, if you please, that has been codified, placed within the legal system as law under the United States Constitution, shows the importance of religion and the legal understanding of marriage as a right as well as a position of social status. Romans 1, 26 and 27. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations 
for those that are contrary to nature. And the men, likewise, gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. One of the issues that fundamentalist evangelical Christians have is that they believe that the God of the Old Testament Bible, the God of the Levitical Code Bible, the God of the Torah Bible is not as perfect or good or the same as the Jesus of the New Testament, the Jesus of the New Covenant, the Jesus Christ of the Christian dispensation. It's almost as if they believe that Jesus the Christ is different, not the same, as Jehovah, the one God. It's like making Coke, Coca-Cola, and then creating Coca-Cola diet. Or when you take something and modify it, make it, you know, improved. This idea that somehow Christianity is different from the Judeo part of Judeo-Christian is an absurd logic. It is an absolute despicable lie. Let me be clear. Christianity and Judaism are one and the same God. Jesus the Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is called the Lord's Prayer. The prayer which Jesus the Christ taught his disciples. Jesus the Christ, if he is to be understood correctly, must be 
Jehovah God. He can't be a demigod. He can't be some other God from another planet. A God that somehow morphed into a man. Because then he couldn't be the savior of the world. And we see in the book of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, where the angel tells Mary that his name, the child she was going to bear, his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people. His people would be Jews from their sins. So it is this understanding of who Jesus the Christ actually is that negates the argument that the Levitical code, that the writings of Moses, so-called, are somehow invalidated by the new covenant of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, which was predicted in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Isaiah. What complicates this even more is the fact that modern day Judaism does not accept Jesus Christ as being anything more than a good person, does not accept Jesus Christ as anything other than a human being. In Islam, Jesus Christ is referred to as a prophet, similar to the prophet Muhammad. So we can see that in Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, the three great religions which morphed themselves out of each other. We see that they all hold to the single premise that there is only one God. So when it comes to the Christian so-called evangelical fundamentalist Christian, since they only have one God, and since Jesus Christ is that one God, they look the other way when the Jew begins to talk about the Mosaic Law and the IHVH, Tetragrammatron, Jehovah himself. And this is a huge problem, especially when it comes to the LGBTQ movement. And so the evangelical Christians have basically created a layered 
subterranean view of how to address the LBGTQ movement. On one hand, if you keep it private, it's okay. But if you make it public, then you're violating all the precepts of Christianity and the Judeo-Christian ethos. So let me be clear. Whether you believe in the United States Constitution or whether you believe in the Word of God, the Bible, as in the Old Testament and the New Testament, as in the Jewish writings of the Tanuk and the writings of the early apostles of the New Testament Christian church. It really doesn't matter if you're going to change the rules of the game. If you haven't listened to my previous podcast about LGBTQ, I suggest that you stop what you're listening to right now and go back and first listen to my last podcast. It is important to establish the red line. It is important that we understand who draws the red line. Who is it that's drawing the the line in the sand? Who is the one who creates the laws of the land? Who is the one that is recognized in the United States Constitution as the creator, the creator of natural law. The United States Constitution is not an opinion. The United States Constitution is not a bunch of words written down by a bunch of white men as Black Lives Matter would like you to think. Oh no. The United States Constitution is the one article, is the one legal system which was handed down to us as Americans from a divine inspired source. Let me be clear. The United States Constitution as it is written holds the divine precepts of Judeo-Christian theology as well as ideology in its framework. It is very important that we establish the foundation 
of all legal systems within the United States of America. We're not some kind of banana republic that can change our constitution every time we change presidents. We are not a nation built on social justice, otherwise known as communism, socialism, feudalism. Oh no, we have a constitution given to us which acknowledges Creator God as being the source of all legal precepts. Inalienable rights are given to us not by men but by God, Creator God Himself. The United States Constitution says so. First Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 and 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Many have taken the position that the New Testament, specifically this last verse that I just read, cannot be understood in the sense that it condemns homosexuality specifically. Because the phrase, men who practice homosexuality, is a unknown word combination used only one time in the Bible. And this word combination is man-bed. And we don't know in English what that really means. And so what some theologians do is they ignore all the other verses in the Bible and then just look at this one verse and go, we don't know what it means. So we're not suggesting that the Bible condemns the homosexual lifestyle, the LGBTQ plus agenda because of this one verse. But let me be clear, we have Pompeii, the city which was destroyed in an instant 
by a volcanic eruption. We have Pompeii to show us what practices these people who lived in Pompeii were practicing. And it's very clear that they were practicing homosexuality, but not just being gay or queer. Oh no, they had taken it to a whole new level. And it is very clear that women would request and they would go to what we would call today brothels, which were basically bisexual men and they would go and pay to have sex with these men. We can establish these facts because Pompeii is a city which, when excavated, held all of the people and all of the locations and all of the buildings in a frozen state of animation. We can see the frescoes, the paintings, in the homes of the people that lived in Pompeii and almost exclusively they were sexual in nature. So imagine a place where sexuality and the art of sex itself had been taken to an entirely new level and it was considered socially acceptable. It wasn't hidden in the dark. It wasn't in the closet. It was out in the open, on the paintings, on the drawings, on the very walls of the living rooms and the houses and the kitchens of the people that lived in Pompeii. So we know that the phrase in Greek, man bed, is referring to the male prostitute who was giving up his wares for profit. So while Western theologians and Western high-minded philosophers claim that this one verse in the Bible is not specific enough and was somehow tweaked by the translators into the phrase men who practice homosexuality. It is very clear from all the other verses and it's very clear from the context of this particular verse that no one who practices homosexuality will be admitted into the kingdom of God. That's a fact. There are a lot of Christian churches today who say, well, 
as long as you're not engaging in an LBGTQ plus act, a sexual act at the moment, you're not living the homosexual lifestyle, then you're somehow okay. You're somehow good to go. You're somehow acceptable to God. But if you're very honest with yourself, Jesus said, if a man looks on a woman to commit adultery, he has already committed adultery in his heart. So it is not the act of homosexuality that is a sin per se no matter what the Roman Catholic Church says it is not the act that is the sin it is not the act of LGBTQ plus it is the mental assent to the fact that we accept socially accept legally accept those notions those ideas which stem from the land of Canaan which stem from the land of Egypt which stem from the idolatrous pagan systems of thought that fact along with the fact that these ideologies these perspectives violate the Torah violate the law of God itself it is that fact that causes the irreparable damage and harm to the social framework created by the United States Constitution that does not give any credence or room for LBGTQ plus agendas or lifestyles within a legal framework within the framework of the United States Constitution. Let that sink in. All liberal, left-wing, all religious, right-wing individuals within this society Let that sink into your head. You can never accept as legal binding the LBGTQ plus agenda, lifestyle, concept, whether or not it's practiced in real time whether or not you're sexually motivated to be a part of that lifestyle 
it can never be placed within the Constitution of the United States. It can never be placed as acceptable within the confines of Judeo-Christian ideology and theology. No matter how much you fact check it, no matter who you get to say it's okay, no matter what pastor, what theologian, what priest claims that, well, we live in a new society, a social framework which has been altered to the extent that all of these deviant lifestyles are now acceptable within the confines of the United States Constitution. Nothing could be further from the truth. Leviticus 18 verse 24 and verse 30 Do not make yourselves unclean by any of these things for by all these the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean so keep my charge never to practice any of these abominable customs that were practiced before you and never to make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. In an article entitled Supreme Court Legalizes Same-Sex Marriage Things You Need to Know July 15, 2019 from a magazine article which was written by the Human Life International can be found at hli.org Some things that you need to know The legalization of same-sex marriage by the Supreme Court of the United States is an undeniable tragedy of modern political and legal culture of death. How and why this decision came to be the unappealable law of the land is a very long story. But here are some of the more important issues at stake and they go on to describe the issues that were involved. One of the interesting things to note is that the petitioners to the Supreme Court in this case were 14 same-sex couples who sought to have their marital status 
recognized in every state. And two men whose same-sex partners had died wished to have the legal privileges of those whose opposite-sex spouses pass away. Some of these couples had been given official marriage licenses in states that allowed same-sex marriage, but they were not recognized by states such as Michigan, Kentucky, Ohio, and Tennessee. These states adhered to the definition of marriage as a union of one man and one woman. The goal of these petitioners was to have legal recognition of their marriage in all 50 states. Unquote. So here we see that the issue before the Supreme Court in officially legalizing marriage for the LBGTQ plus movement, specifically same-sex males, homosexuals, and females, lesbians, was an issue of monetary recognition within the context of marriage and marriage taxation benefits, which are allowed under the marriage clause within the United States. So regardless of whether or not these individuals, same-sex couples, were religious or had religious views or not. They wanted the same protections and monetary benefits which were given to so-called married couples who had been married in a religious or a legal contract binding marriage recognized in all 50 states. So the issue at hand was a monetary issue as well as a recognition issue. And the argument which these same-sex couples made was that they wanted their unions to not just be legal unions, which is a subcategory legalization of a union, but not quite a marriage. They wanted their unions to be more than just a legal union. They wanted their unions to be recognized exactly the same as marriages. Let me remind you that to this day, the Roman Catholic Church 
does not recognize as official marriages which are not consummated within the Catholic context or the Catholic Church. So, in Western society, marriage has become the pivotal focal point of all social change. And by giving recognition, legal recognition, to socially changed mores and values and morals, we establish a new precedent. Not under the Constitution of the United States, but under the rendering of an interpretation of the Constitution of the United States by the Supreme Court. We must keep in mind that there was a time in the United States where the Supreme Court ruled that slavery was a legal profession. That's no longer true. And since the emancipation and since the understanding of post-Civil War law under the Constitution of the United States, the Supreme Court has reversed itself on several different stances simply because they came to the realization that their pronouncement was not constitutionally protected. Some would argue that this is merely a Supreme Court which is either more left-leaning or more right-leaning. However, when we understand what the Constitution actually says, it is not a left or right issue. It is an issue of absolute law, natural law. The basis for the actual United States Constitution. So let me be clear. You can rewrite all the laws you want in the world, but unless they adhere to constitutionally enacted, fundamentally enforced, and recognized law, those laws are invalid. So the Constitution in Russia and the Constitution in France and the Constitution in England do not constitute the legal basis for natural law established within the United States Constitution. The United States Constitution is exclusively unique in that the United States Constitution claims to get 
its rights from Creator God Himself. No other constitution in the world makes that statement. Even constitutions like the Afghanistan Constitution, which was written, by the way, by a Supreme Court Justice Secretary, Assistant. So let's be clear. The United States legal system is unique in the world because it is a contract between the people and its government. But more importantly, it is a contract between its people and its God. In God we trust. The issue, the question at hand today is which God do we trust in? Is it the constitutionally understood and recognized creator God? Or is it some other God such as Baal or Baal? Or some other pagan deity That is the question. But the United States Constitution was established on the principle, the truth, the fact that Creator God is the one who gives us our inalienable rights, some of these being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Deuteronomy 23, verse 17. None of the daughters of Israel shall be a cult prostitute, and none of the sons of Israel shall be a cult prostitute. Ever wonder why prostitution is illegal in the United States. There are a few exceptions, like certain brothels in Las Vegas, Sin City. However, these laws which prohibit the practice of prostitution Sex for money. That's what prostitution is. The reason why the United States legal system does not support the idea of prostitution. is because of our Judeo-Christian 
backdrop. It is our Judeo-Christian ethos which comes from Leviticus, Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, the Torah. It is for the reason that Isaiah 8.20 becomes rule number one to the law, Torah, and the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. If your legal system does not follow the Torah, then there's no light in your legal system. You're living in darkness. Your constitution is a joke. Your constitution is invalid. Let me be clear. The attempts by liberal or conservative individuals to alter the United States Constitution to their personal whims is a disaster in the making. If you sow to the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. It is to the law and to the testimony which we look for our establishment of all legal precedents. The United States Constitution acknowledges that the Creator, God, is the source of our legal inalienable rights which are protected by the government for the people. These rights do not come from a king, a queen, a legislature, but come directly from Creator God. This is the basis of the United States Constitution. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I will say it again. All legal frameworks which have any validity in this world must be established on the foundation of Creator God as the source of your red line, of the source of your line drawn in the sand. Any other position is a fallacy. Any other position is socialism, which leads to communism, which leads to social unrest and death. No society can function in a communist, dictatorial, 
totalitarian system. No matter whether their name is Joe Biden or Karl Marx. Just doesn't matter. The end result is the same. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Jesus the Christ emphatically stated, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The words that I speak unto thee, they are spirit, and they are life. Never forget that in this world, if you don't choose to live in the light of absolute truth, you will live in absolute darkness. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you. You have been listening to The Dark Light. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about the Dark Light Podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness. Thank you.